season to bathtub Ohio bathtub season to best friends no clothing confusing bathtub season What's up, Corey? I bring word from the front lines. What you got? The great oracle has told me that 2001's The Tick has been removed from Crackle.com. Those shits. I know, but I have consulted with the great ones, and the great being known as YouTube now contains all episodes of this wondrous tale. Ah, YouTube. Coming in clutch once again. Yes. Well, I will take it upon myself to apologize for our listeners that we have given you false information that the tick is on Crackle because Crackle gave us false hopes, quite frankly, by being there when we started. And now it's not. (coughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Much like everything else. (laughs) Yep, so good news, bad news. Bad news is that the tick is no longer on Crackle, like that old man said. Uh, Medium news is it has always been on YouTube. And great news is the podcast is out. As of this recording, this is our first episode recording where the podcast is released. That may seem surprising to some of you, but we have been quietly working on this for a while. So while we are... (laughs) We are a few episodes deep in an actual release, but we are clearly a little bit farther than that in the recording process. But hello. Was that to me or the listener? Yes. Hello to everyone. What about that old man that was in my bathroom? He gave me the creeps because he was in your bathroom, but he had good information. He did. I don't know what war he was talking about. Yeah, I'm not sure about these front lines. Uh, Maybe it has something to do with the tick, but... uh... (laughs) I made my my water a bit hot, so I need to... This isn't me being corny. I legit am really warm. I need something to cool down. (laughs) Just a random technical note. This is the first episode that I'm using a keyboard with my iPad, and I have just realized that the reason it is driving me insane is because the trackpad is backwards from my Mac. Oh, yep, yep. So you're one of those people that have been using a Mac for before iPads were around. I do the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, I am one of those people that still switches my trackpad back to the original version. Yep, same here. It is also Austin's first day ever using a keyboard, weirdly enough. Uh, Ever. I don't know how I've been doing notes (laughs) on a computer to this point, but I... It's like a room full of monkeys making Shakespeare. They do it. They do it every goddamn time. This is a thousand monkeys working at a thousand typewriters. Soon, they'll have written the greatest novel known to man. Let's see. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. You stupid monkey. Are you drinking anything fun on this autumn evening? I, our listeners are probably going to judge me because now that you know that we are deeper in recording than our actual release, you know just how long I've been drinking these blueberry margaritas. But I am. (laughs) Is it the same bottle? Uh, It is. Oh, okay. So we don't need to be worried about you. I've done most of my heavy drinking outside of the home recently. 
Oh, well, that, I, I guess that's good. Not better than drinking alone. That's not what I said, but it's true. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have the Athletic Brewing Company's Oktoberfest, their fest brew, which sounded really good, but literally every time I've tried Athletic Brewing Company, I've been disappointed. It is some of the weakest tasting NA beer, but it's like what everyone has as their craft alcohol-free beer. Interesting. Okay. I know I've seen it before. I don't know if I've had any of it, but that, that makes sense. This is okay, but it, I was like, ooh, maybe this will be good. Eh, it's fine. I also have a glazed donut bubble hash infused pre-roll. So if you will, a bubble hash for my bubble bath. Bubble bath. Oh, speaking of what sack soup seasoning do you have? I hate soup. It's the wettest of foods. OG Mr. Bubble. Nice and thick pour. Is it called OG Mr. Bubble or is it just Mr. Bubble? It's just Mr. Bubble, but it's that original pink bottle, the nice big one. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. What What did I do with mine? Oh, here it is, sir. I have brought you your bath bomb packaging. Oh, thank you, old man. Mine is, I'm really excited about this one. It is Marvel Avengers Black Panther Lavender Scented Bath Bomb. <laughs> I'm so here for that. <laughs> I found it in the clearance aisle at Walmart. I'm so here for it. <laughs> and, and it, what did it say? That it, it shoots streams of colors. And it did. It was wild. When I put it in my bath, it like... Out of each corner of the shape, there was, like, different colors shooting out of it. Corey, I don't know if I want to hear about shooting streams while we're naked. Yeah, but it wasn't my streams. I I guess. It was Black Panther's streams, which I don't know how to feel about that either, really. Maybe good. Maybe. Great, another broken white boy for us to fix. I will say that I am particularly excited to talk about this episode because it is a fucking dialogue gold mine but also <laughs> for that same reason this episode took me fucking years to make the notes on really i thought this one i had the quickest time going through dude i, mean, I spent I also... so much of my day so i mentioned in previous episodes that i put stars next to my favorite lines to come back to when we record and this one probably has the most stars. You're right. There is a plethora of great lines, but just the actual substance. There are a lot of scenes that I could just write one line and that would cover the whole thing. So that's my problem. And I, I, as dumb as it sounds, it would probably save me time if I just fucking read a script as my notes. Um, <laughs> it probably would. <laughs> But I go into a decent amount of detail, and there are certain scenes, especially when they are just dialogue-heavy scenes, that I find it easier to just type some of the back and forth than to summarize what's happening. So it gets a little lengthy at times. Yeah. So I'm taking that segue as meaning you want to get into Season 1, Episode 7, The Tick versus Justice. Let's fuck this justice. Well, that's not what uh, this is. It's versus. I mean, unless you're fight fucking, which is never advised unless both parties are consenting. I mean, Tick fought the system. 
And me won. And me me did win. We, that'll make sense, I promise, people. <laughs> I didn't just have a stroke. <laughs> so we open on a courthouse. This is a different opening area. We're in the city district court, and the opening shot is framed as a newscast. It's being introduced by Samantha Stevens, the news reporter. Captain Liberty is walking in our supervillain for the episode, Destroyo. He's in handcuffs and being questioned by reporters. His first question is, can you explain the, the first question to him, I should say, can you explain the nuclear bomb and ransom note found in your armored limousine? Yes, I can. They were merely research for my novella. Give me money or I'll destroy your president. So far you are on track exactly as my notes say, so continue. <laughs> then we get a statement from Destroyo. He says, I'm a legitimate businessman and patron of the arts who has been unfairly stigmatized because I happen to wear a Teflon and titanium exoskeleton which sadly tends to frighten small children and causes heart attacks in the elderly. Now, Destroyo is played by Kurt Fuller, who uh, maybe not immediately here, but is a very recognizable character. I was going to say, he is probably the best villain we've seen so far. And so I had to look up who it was yes I did, and I saw the name I didn't know that name just like offhand but like you look up a picture of him you're gonna know who he is he's in everything you know him immediately uh, some of his most notable works are Adam Sandler's boss Frank Head in Anger Management and also the mayor's assistant Jack Hardemeyer in Ghostbusters 2 he's the one that has them committed to the asylum but that's what happened and there were children around and maybe they looked at their parents and said what's a hard on just so we have an idea of what Destroyo looks like, we've seen him roughly from the chest up. His armor is dark gray metal in appearance. It is similar to a bulky knight suit of armor. Uh, he's got red stripe accents on the rib cage. The shoulders and arms sport several nine inch red spikes. He has an oversized collar on the suit, which honestly think Juggernaut's helmet if it were just a collar. The collar yeah, it kind of reminded me of, like, uh, those big bubbly suits that, like, bomb disposal people wear. We're going to die! Yeah, totally, but just, like, armor. Spiky. Yeah. The collar also shares the same red spikes as the shoulders and arms. The back of the collar is oversized as well, not unlike Dracula. Optically, it kind of looks like a large shovel or Egyptian palm blade axe, and there are red stripes as well on that. The suit has a cape that's red on the outside and black on the inside. And finally, he sports a helmet, again, not dissimilar from a knight's with a deep V on the forehead. He's wearing ghastly white makeup with darkened eyes, kind of like Uncle Fester. And he has a metal cuff on the middle of his ear. I didn't even catch the metal cuff, but the Uncle Fester is a good call. That is very much like the look is going for for the face. Uncle Fester, looks, charm, and personality aren't everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He continues to make his statement saying, What I, a humble man, whose sole concern is the import and export of third world novelties, possess a cache of nuclear weapons capable of destroying the city ten times over? No! I believe that truth and justice will prevail. The system works, and I have faith in the system. So, very specific uh, in what he does not have and is not capable of here. But uh, at that point, Captain Liberty pulls him into the courtroom and Batmanwell, Tick, and Arthur enter the hallway outside of the courtroom. 
BM says he'll answer any reporter questions, but literally all the reporters walk past him to interview the Tick and Arthur. Tick's getting interviewed, and he says, This is uh, nothing more than a salty slab of justice jerky. Cut and dried, I... Mm-hmm. Uh, and just says a whole bunch of other tickisms about, you know, how this is a done deal, basically. So this is, and I'll say it's, at this point, it's not obvious yet, but this is the first glimpse of how frustrated the tick's going to get throughout this episode, because he's saying it's an open and shut case. The defendant's name is Destroyo, not Life Buildo or Have a Nice Dayo. <laughs> so he's like, we should just skip this trial and go home. Why are we even here? Like, he, he doesn't understand it. It's not clear that he doesn't right. understand it to this level yet, but he doesn't understand it. Arthur, no. trying to be more politically tactful, also makes a statement. But the funny thing about his statement is that it is essentially the end of Destroyo's statement. He's saying that, you know, we have faith in the system, the system works, justice will prevail. Yeah, it's almost line for line. Yep. And the tick asks Arthur, when do I get to hit him again before Arthur drags him into the courtroom? Because of course he does. Right. But then, yep, and then we get the intro sequence. We are then in the courtroom. And the tick has a great line here. His start is one of my favorites. He asks, why is that man wearing a dress? Arthur replies, because he's the judge. And the tick says, well, I'd judge him and find him funny. Just yes. a fantastic line. I wasn't totally sure about that line. I'm like, okay, it's a little bit dated. It's cross-dressing humor. But at the same time, like, it's the tick, and you got to appreciate it for the time as well. Yeah, I thought about that too, but it's also like, He's not insulting him. He just thinks it's funny. <laughs> like, yeah, if anything, there's a tone of judgment about the cross-dressing, but that's really it. Mm. Before that, though, actually, the scene opens looking at the evidence table, which is piled high with incriminating items. You can immediately see machine guns, rope, an ammo case, and a bomb. And the judge enters, and the bailiff says, all rise for the Honorable Judge Knudsen. To which Destroyo reluctantly stands after Captain Liberty taps his armor with her Liberty Torch. And as soon as he stands, everyone is told to be seated. And he says, well, I just got up. But yes, after that, we get the tick with the cross-dressing statement. And then we get Judge Knudsen calling upon the first witness, who is Batman Well. Who the hell are you? I am Batman Well. And we get a flashback to BM is picking up the Tick and Arthur. They're walking through a parking garage looking for the car. And then, of course, BM is one of those people that parks in two parking spots to protect his car, which the Tick and Arthur are not fans of, which I agree. I hate when people do that, unless you're at the very back of the parking lot. So I guess in the parking garage, if you're on the top floor, like, fine, whatever. But like... Come on, <laughs> it made me mad too. Come on, we'll put it in the garage. I am not putting it in the garage, it's my space. They're backing up and rear end somebody. And of course, that person they rear end is Destroyo. One thing we noticed though that I thought was weird is after they rear end the car, the tick kind of has spidey senses. Like his ears wiggle a little bit as if like he knows something's afoot. And we've never seen him have this superpower before. I mean, he did smell sweaty, drinky uncle person. That's true, but is super smell different? 
I mean, or does Destroyo smell? But with does the tick use his ears to smell? Do ticks use their ears to smell, Austin? Uh, probably. I mean, antenna, that's like a whole thing, right? <laughs> don't they use a proboscis? I don't know. I will say that the exchange leading up to the accident was kind of great, though. There were a couple good lines shared there. Batmanuel has a few great lines where he's, you know, defending the Manuel mobile. But the tick, I think, probably has the best one. Possibly the best two, really. He says, well, now somebody else has no space for his somebody else mobile. And <laughs> as soon as the accident's about to happen, Batman, Well, and Arthur are going back and forth. And the tick says, squishy, 12 o'clock. It's, yeah, that's, that's very much a, a tickism. As soon as the cars impact, the trunk of the red car opens and it's full of all of the contraband that was seen on the evidence table to begin with. Batman will rushes out of the driver's seat and up to the other car, exclaiming, no, 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 this is not my fault. And that's... He has a great line here. He, he looks at Destroyo and says, you look like a reasonable man. Right. To the least reasonable looking person ever on this planet. 100%. He's in his full ass <laughs> armor like the whole episode. It's, yeah, 100%. And uh, Batman will once, you know, like, hey, let's not get insurance involved with this or anything. And Destroyo is like, yeah, we don't have to do that. Batman as well is like, cool. And then Destroyo tells him he wants him to kneel to him. <laughs> and Batman will just does it. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he questions it at first. Uh, he really doesn't pick up the tone of this at all because Destroyo is like, you needn't worry about your insurance, little flitter mouse. And Batman Wells is just like, really? What a relief. Yeah, when he's like, yeah, kneel to me. Batman was like, oh, kneel? Okay. Okay, like he like questions it, but like just does it. He's just excited to not have to worry about insurance. I would question it a little bit more because he does say kneel to your steely doom. But, you know, whatever. We'll we'll just... Yeah. We'll, we're going to worry about the insurance thing. But as he's going to kneel, the tick interjects, Hey, bossy, why don't you pick on someone my size? Yeah, they get into a fist fight, and then the scene ends with a zoom in on the nuclear bomb in the trunk. Did you write down what the tick calls Destroyo? Nope. <laughs> Distinko and a crap lobster. Crap loss lobster? Yep, crap lobster. That's a hard one to say. You do have issues with the whole crap thing, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a that, that that's an insult you got to be, you know, prepared and practiced to use before throwing it around or you may just fumble the whole situation. Crap lobster. No, man. See, I can't even do it. Crap lobster does not roll off the lips. Well, I don't want a crap lobster anywhere near my lips, but that's its own thing. Yep, no yucking any yums if that is your thing. <laughs> Though, I don't know what a crap lobster is. I'm a little intrigued, but not enough to look if, if it's a thing, other than any kind of weird tick rule 34 stuff. Fair. Completely fair. So we go back to the courtroom, and... Batman well is saying, nuclear bombs aside, the only important thing is that I had the right of way, showing on a whiteboard copy of the parking lot his perspective of the car accident. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious that he brought like a diagram and everything to Absolutely. show like right Magnetic of way. Magnetic cars, the whole shit. <laughs> the judge tells Batman well to get to the point. Batman well says, My point is, my insurance rates go up, but Manuel might as well start taking the bus. And he addresses the jury. 
Oh, man, he addresses the jury, doesn't he? If there's any justice left in this sorry world, but Manuel's deductible will be lowered $200, $350, and this case will be thrown out. I'll rest my cape. No further questions. $400. <laughs> I do love I rest my cape. I was going to say, it did, I don't know if it came through perfectly clear on the recording, but yes, he says, I rest my cape, not case. I thoroughly enjoy that. Like, this is a great just little Batman well thing, and that <laughs> is the icing. I think one of my my favorite parts of this scene is that the judge then adjourns for the day. So the only thing that happened was that Batman well gave this testimony about right of way, and the judge is like, "Okay, cool, that's it for the day." And he was he was the first witness. That was it. That was it. Was one witness? Mm-hmm. It was Batman well talking about the accident. <laughs> That's just something that could have been brushed over. I mean, it was brushed over. That's, I meant that like a watcher could have easily missed, but that's really funny to me. Yeah, absolutely. I, it makes sense to break the show up that way. It feels natural watching it. But when you take the context of him being set up as the first witness and the whole thing ending with him, that's yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, So then we go to Arthur's apartment. Yes, and one of my favorite lines, this one got two stars in my notes, is in this scene. Okay, okay, I've got the dialogue from this scene, so I can assume. Yeah, so we cut in to the Tick's really thinking about some stuff, and he says, Oh, my head feels like it's, like it's gonna have a baby. It's called a headache. It has a name? Absolutely, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, he's like not making a joke. He's so concerned that the baby coming out of his head has a name. Like Arthur's confirming his fear. Right. And at the time, Arthur's sitting over by a desk and the tick is on the couch with a two liter of orange sun kissed in front of him. Yep, as one does. So Arthur brings the tick some aspirin and asks, Destroyo's really gotten to you, hasn't he? And the tick responds, stop using the D word. It makes the brain baby kick. (laughs) He then eats all the aspirin and is pissed off because he thought that they were just some nice candies Arthur was giving him to make him feel better. (laughs) Yet he reacts to the taste and says, these are the worst candy ever. And drinks the entire two liter. (laughs) He chugs the whole two liter right then and there. And Arthur just looks disgusted. Yeah, he he like tries to stop him, but it's too late. The bottle's just empty and tossed aside. You know, if I was expecting candy and bit down on some aspirin, I'd probably be just as mad. I I would be disgusted. I would probably drink some more soda. I don't think I could possibly kill a two liter as quickly as he did. But no, and that's like the most like Sunkist is like the worst normal soda for you. It's got like the most sugar and caffeine out of any regular pop. Interesting. Or at least it used to, like 10 years ago, but it may have changed. But that's like when, like, everyone, I think, thinks of Sunkist as, like, an okay soda for kids to have. No, that's, like, the worst one you could give them. I think they have diet Sunkist now, for what it's worth. I don't know if that's healthier. I feel like it'd just be double the amount of aspartame as, like, a regular diet soda. Sorry, I might be wrong. It might, I, I don't know if it's diet or if it's zero. I know there's a difference. And this has been Soda Corner with Corey. I'm going to drink my margarita. I'm clearly (laughs) getting a little too into the weed here. (laughs) 
the old man's gonna come visit you. <laughs> it's gonna be like the old woman in The Shining. Oh, there's an image I didn't need to give myself. I've never actually watched that movie. I encourage it, it's a great movie, but. I'm sure. But we are then in the jail cell where Destroyo is. And he's using his superpowers of persuasion, which we see he has throughout the episode, because it opens with a policeman with a gun to his head acting like he might shoot himself. And I was like, oh, no, is this another, like, distasteful suicide joke by this show? That would be really shitty if there were two now. But no, Destroyo has a level of persuasion that, you know, touches upon mind control almost. And we see him use that on multiple people throughout the episode. So it's his way of escaping is using his superpowers, basically, to get the guard out of the way. Right. His He is his name. He is only there to destroy yeah. Uh, but luckily, CL comes in and saves the day. She gets the cop, pulls him to safety out of, you know, the the sphere of influence from Destroyo. And one thing I noticed from this scene is that Destroyo has a Magneto-style plastic jail cell for some reason. Too much iron in your blood. Yeah. Which doesn't make much sense. <laughs> he does indeed. I, I don't I don't know why, but he does indeed. It's maximum security. I think that's really just the distinction that they're probably trying to make by having the cell be different. No, I think it's probably there's there's so many scenes in the jail that they didn't want to shoot through bars the entire time. But from a logical standpoint, it doesn't make much sense because his whole entire body is covered in metal. So, you know, if you're going for a Magneto thing, they're doing a really bad job of it, which, you know would be in step with what we've seen the city cops be in this show so far. That's true. We get another quick cut. This episode is the return of the quick cut back to Arthur's apartment. Well, the tick doesn't, un- Oh, was it, was there, was, was there something I missed? So there's one more thing and it's not important. It's just a piece of dialogue that I really enjoyed in the episode. After captain Liberty stops the officer from killing himself she addresses Destroyo and says, You, can I even take a pee break without you talking somebody into suicide? No. <laughs> I love how he's just like, no. <laughs> I didn't even catch that, but this is really funny. <laughs> so not only is his response great, but it implies that she wasn't gone that long before this officer was talked to this point. Or that this has happened before. Right. It implies so much. Maybe this isn't the first guard. And it, you know, and if that's the case, then I think we need to get a MeWe for CL or a closer toilet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I can't not agree. I mean, look at what happened. I know. It's terrible. We're then in Arthur's apartment again. Yes. The Tick doesn't understand how there's a problem because they, the superheroes, caught a villain and dropped him off at the police station. And that's how things work in his head. But this instantly made me realize that this is going to be my favorite type of Law & Order episode, which is the Law & Order, like, separate. I love those episodes where, you know, the first, what would be, like, 22 minutes is the police catching the criminal. And then the entire second half is the order part of it where, you know, that person with all the evidence in the world might get off because of a legal technicality. And I just find that fascinating. So I love that this is where the episode went. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the not only the episode, but the formatting. 
Right. More shows need to do that. I think it so often is as the tick sees it that, you know, the good guy stops the bad guy and that's the end of the story. No, that's not how the world works. Like, right. You know, the Avengers probably have to go to court after Thanos dies just to, you know, get things on the books. Right, exactly. The Hulk can't smash without there being a lawsuit. I recognize the council has made a decision, but given that it's a stupid-ass decision, I've elected to ignore it. And that's part of the problem, I think, is the Hulk can't be found, and the Iron Man won't show up, and that's why the Hulk— How do you not find the Hulk? <laughs> he disappeared, did he not? Oh, for a little bit, and then he came back. Right. I'm sure they were looking for him to fill out some documents at that time. I'm sure— so, yeah, basically the Tick's upset about the open-ended nature of the Destroyer situation and the court process in general. Arthur's trying to calm him down and prepare him for court tomorrow because it's important, or it's their testimony. And Tick just wants to stop crime and fight bad guys, and this part of the job really feels like a punishment to him. Is that, That's what we're seeing now. Right. He really, he doesn't understand why this part exists when they did their superheroing so well. And Arthur says it's because this is where they end and the judicial system begins. And the Tick's just like, well, make it stop. <laughs> right, he just wants, wants this to be the way the world works. And Arthur says, Tick, we have to support the system. The system is what we're fighting for. And abruptly stands up and walks away, to which the Tick responds, then why is it fighting us? <laughs> With most superheroes, I think it'd be a bad thing, but I think the world would actually be a better place if the Tick was judge, jury, and executioner for all mankind. It would be a much better world. Uh, he makes... He doesn't seem to understand the world, but he makes decent calls. So he can sense unfathomable evil, we found. Do you understand the world? Shit, I don't know. Uh... I understand the things that the Tick doesn't understand. Maybe he has, like, the secret, the other bullshit that we all need. <laughs> From the past few million years. From his sea captainhood. Yeah. We then go back to the jail cell, and we see CL is now watching Destroyo, and she is reading Guns and Ammo magazine, specifically a print page about Guns and Ammo's website directory. <laughs> Yep. For some reason. <laughs> yep. It is literally four photos of pages of the Guns and Ammo website. Do you think that was supposed to be a joke or like this is would have been right around like the tech bubble? I'm sure there were some magazines that printed their directory for the olds to be able to figure out what to do. I I assumed it was a joke. I really didn't think about it that way. I I'm assuming because they used it the way they did that it was a joke, but right. you're probably not wrong <laughs> that that may have been done at some point. <laughs> but maybe they were making fun of reality. Maybe they were like, look how stupid yeah. this is, you know? This is what, 2002? We would have both been, what, n nine? Something like that, yeah. But Destroyo's doing some talking, and he admits to killing a state witness, and... CL's like, wait a second, wait a second. Did I just hear you correctly that you murdered a witness? And Destroyo, because of course he is, is representing himself. He is a thousand percent a neckbeard incel type who would do that. But at the same time, is it true that if you're representing yourself, any conversation you have with yourself 
would be privileged info. Like, it's a solid point. Like, I don't think that's how it works. But at the same time, I was like, huh. That is the point that he makes. Theoretically, that would be true. Although it is senseless practice to carry on that conversation aloud. I know a lot about the law and various other lawyerings. Um, I'm well-educated, well-versed. Yeah, so any of you dragon lawyers that were on from the previous time we needed a lawyer, if you know any villain lawyers who could let us know if that works, that would be great. Also, just lawyers in general, we probably need you in general because we make life choices, so get in contact. You know, it's funny. I have two cousins that are lawyers, so this show probably has at least one cousin who's listening to it. (laughs) Here we go. We are then back in the courtroom, and now the tick is on the stand. And ever since reading the description of this episode in last episode, this is what I've been looking forward to, just seeing the tick in this situation. He's getting questioned by Destroyo, you know, since he's representing himself, because of his answers... All the evidence, like the physical evidence, is found inadmissible because it was admitted to being part, what was it, of another crime because they did rear-end his car? No, it had nothing to do with the rear-ending. Oh. Destroyo asks the tick, tell me, did you have a warrant when you searched my car? And the tick says, well, since when do you need a warrant to take a nuclear bomb, anthrax, and very strong rope out of the trunk of a villain? Does a non-cop need a warrant in these situations? So here's the thing. Because of the car accident, the trunk was opened. They were in plain sight. There was no opening of the trunk and removing without a warrant. So the arguments bunk to begin with, but they never address that point. They allow it to build suspense to the story. Also, like, I know this is 2002, but it was, like, near enough that this all feels like it may have been written pre-9-11 because anything like this after then would have just been considered terrorism and the laws would have been whatever. There's a bomb. Like, we can just do it. Like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. This person's guilty. (laughs) Right. No, that's fair. Probably was written beforehand. It probably would read differently and it wouldn't have been recorded or released the same now it wouldn't be a question like, oh, he had a bomb, of course. Like, there's no way that's getting, like, a nuclear bomb at that. You know, weapons of mass destruction the whole time were with Destroyo. Right, and like, and I agree. I think that they, I think that the situation would be viewed differently now, but I think we're also back to a place where we can make the jokes and see it that way, too. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. Right, right. The tick gets more and more angry with the judge because of all that gets taken out. <laughs> They're like, it's all of this is inadmissible. And the tick's like, how can it be inadmissible? It's right there. It's right there. As they're like wheeling it out of the courtroom. Right. He objects and gets told he can't object. He's like, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> he then gets found in contempt of court. I hold myself in contempt. We are then out of the courtroom, but like in the courthouse, like in the hallway. And we see most of this conversation through the lens of a news camera. Tick well, makes BMs. Wait, was there something I missed? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a whole like end of this episode, or episode Jesus, uh, scene. So I, one thing I really like is the 
<laughs> the tick says, Are you blind? Can't you say he's crooked as a crazy straw? And what's even better is the judge's response. I do not want to have to speak to you again. Just simply, I don't want to talk to you. Please don't make me talk to you anymore. <laughs> you got a lot more like funny offhand lines than I did on this one. Like I said, this thing was a dialogue goldmine. I loved it. Uh, and the Tick responds that he doesn't want to have to speak to him again either. But then the judge bangs his gavel and points it at Tick saying, I'm warning you, I'll have order in my court. And the Tick takes the judge's gavel. Courtroom falls silent. And the tick says, who died and made you the cross-dressing king of justice? <laughs> I did have that one written down. Like, the callback to the line's great, but just the escalation and the taking of his gavel is beautiful. Yeah, the tick's losing it. <laughs> yeah, he, he is not having it. This judge is pissing him off. This whole system is, the bad guy's caught. Why are we doing this? So then we go to the courthouse hallway where the tick is now arrested in contempt of court. Right, and he makes BM swear to protect Arthur while he's in jail. And it was at this moment that I realized that BM actually has a gold necklace that says BM on it, which is wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> which, you know, I was thinking this is a total accident, and I'm sure no one will believe us, but... Our initials for our show are BS, which is so fitting. I, I didn't think about it until I wrote this down. <laughs> so it was it was something I liked about it early on. It was never we, like, oh, what if we had like a thing that's BS and we come up with it? Like, no, it was we never backwards engineered it that way. But it was always something that once I realized it, I was like, I like that. We've been working on this for months. I just realized it while watching this episode. <laughs> But my ignorance aside, the tick is then locked up and we cut away. We are then in Arthur's apartment. So we quickly see that well, BM is following up on that. So actually the. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Batman will agree to protect Arthur and they take tick away. Then Destroyo and Captain Liberty are walking by and Destroyo stops to menacingly laugh at Arthur and Batman well, who look at each other and both say, oh my God. Then we cut to the Tick's cell door closing. The Tick says system works in mysterious ways as his cell door closes. And I don't know if it was intentional, but something caught me and I really enjoyed that the system replaced the word God in that standard line directly after Batman Well and Arthur said, oh, my God. I didn't know that was a standard line. Yeah, God works in mysterious ways. Oh, yeah, when you say it like that. No, they say that God works in mysterious ways. I feel like that was intentional by the writers. I hope so. I enjoyed it. If it was, hats off. Pants off. Uh, everything off. In water, bubbles up. Mine actually had bubbles this time. That was new for a bath bomb for me. I mean, not, I've had bath bombs. I had bubbles before, but this one was particularly sudsy, but all the bubbles are gone. So it's, my bubbles are still here, but it, it shot streams of bubbles, colorful bubbles. It was, the bubbles weren't shooting out of it as much as like fizzing off the top. It was just like as the salt reacted with the water, the jets of that shooting off were different colors. Okay, got it. But now we're in Arthur's apartment, and... The bath bomb makes Arthur. no more sense. 
No, I don't know if bath bombs were a thing then. I don't believe so. The bath bomb was invented in 1989 by Lush Cosmetics. But BM and Arthur are hanging out on the couch. Uh, Batman Wells searching. Well, no, I guess Arthur is hanging on the couch. Batman Well is searching around the apartment while Arthur researches Destroyo's history. Batman Well randomly wants to have them run away to Vegas for some reason. Batman Well had a really great line when they first came in the door. They were all frantic and stumbling over each other trying to shut and lock the door because they're, you know, scared of being killed because witnesses. And Arthur says, okay, there's nothing to be afraid of. Nobody's going to kill us in broad daylight. And Batman Wells says... That's what the last witness who was killed in broad daylight said. I was like, I just... That was great. Like, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, then he's, like you said, he's wildly searching the apartment for booby traps and hidden assassins while Arthur is trying to research because he recognizes that Destroyo is at an advantage and he's thinking maybe he can uncover a weakness in his past. Right. And I think that's when Batman will wants them to escape to Vegas like that would make anything better. Yes, that is when. But... <laughs> Arthur is doing his research and finds that Destroyo trained under someone referred to as Premier Instructor Stanistov. The Great Stanistov. Stanistov, who is in the city now. And the scene ends with them calling a number and you see an old voicemail machine with Arthur basically saying like, hello. Hello. Yes. And that was... That was about it for that scene. Not a whole bunch happens there. Then we go to Destroyo's holding cell with him and Captain Liberty again. Yeah, Destroyo's trying to convince Captain Liberty that, you know, she's on the wrong side of this. And then goes on to make some really good points. <laughs> well, he's he's doing his thing. He's working his magic destructive charm. Except, like, his, his whole argument is that, you know, she's breaking her back trying to be a pretty thing for all the G.I. Joes to look at. He says that she's a Barbie doll trying to fit into a G.I. Joes world. And then at the end of the day, all they want to do is find out if she's anatomically correct. That's what he says. It's a really, he's not wrong. <laughs> no, he's not. But he's still destroying her world by saying it. Yeah, but I just, I didn't expect it. <laughs> I was like, Wow. Okay, <laughs> like, this is, I mean, this is the classic thing of, you know, a villain in a Disney movie actually having good points, but no one likes them because they're, you know, have maniacal laughter in a terrifying outfit. Right. I don't think they were going that far for satire, but, like, it touches on it. Yeah, so, to your point, Destroyo, again, obviously trying to break her down, says, Tell me you're happy, and I won't say another word. And Captain Liberty's breaking down saying, oh, my God, it's all true. I'm a lie and my life is crap. I thought that would be a great name for this episode. I'm a lie and my life is crap. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> and Destroyer laughs at this. And we cut to the Tick's holding cell with his new roommate's snake face tattoo. Yeah, this man has the worst, wildest zigzag of a snake tattooed across his face. It is terrible. The very first thing we're greeted with is... And you've got a snake on your face. You got the antenna head. <laughs> Just, I did like that response. Great exchange. Like, it's something that some people have. Great exchange. You got the antenna head. Tick says he's a political prisoner, a snake man, who we find out is named me. That's at least uh, what he says. For a bit, 
What was that? That's at least what he says. Right. Uh, he thinks about that for a bit and agrees that he is also a political prisoner. Yes. They then do a weird secret handshake somehow. They do indeed. <laughs> and Snakeface is Bob Clendenin, another super recognizable face. Been in a. He looked really familiar. He's been in a shitload of TV and movies, TV especially. He played Zarnoff in Dude, Where's My Car? Dr. Seltzer and Scrubs. And that's what I Earl in that seventy show, most notably. Uh, Earl, what brings you here? Well, I took the bus. Yeah, I figured you'd yeah, know he's, from Scrubs. Yeah, this whole sub B plot with him is wild from this point on. <laughs> that's about it on that scene. We come yeah. back to that later into more detail, but we then get another uh, quick, very quick cut, even for this show, to Arthur's apartment. BM and Arthur are watching TV. Of course, it's a murder documentary. Yep. And they make the decision to sleep in shifts. And a BM says he'll take the first shift to take watch. And then we go back to Destroyo's holding cell, where Captain Liberty is now treating Destroyo like her therapist and unloading about mm-hmm. her fear of being loved and her relationship with Batman well, much to Destroyo's chagrin. Yeah, Destroyo's got a bunch of books, like he's actually trying to do legal bullshit, and... <laughs> and CL is just like unloading. Like at, at first I was like, oh, they might do something, you know, more interest, maybe not interesting, but like deep with this thing. But it's like, oh no, she's just being annoying and unloading on him, which ends up being a good tactic that while he could have been doing more research, she's just annoying the hell out of him. I did. I agree. I thought the same thing. It wasn't her intention, but it was a nice uh, benefit of it. Right. Uh, that's about it on that. We then cut back to Arthur's apartment. Again, very quick cuts. I don't mind it in this episode. Yes. And uh, we then see there's a ninja on Arthur's ceiling, which is wild. Only two things come from the east, steers and ninjas. And I don't see no horns. They get into, you know, a scrap with the ninja. And then the ninja's running at Arthur. And BM pulls him out of the way at the last second. The ninja goes flying out the window and says something very bizarre. He says, Another urban myth dispelled. Ninjas don't bounce. What? Is that an urban myth that ninjas... Well, the word, his grammar is also wrong because the way he says it means that the urban myth is that ninjas don't bounce. Does that mean that he bounced? But I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. I Well, I think he's saying that's the conclusion of the urban myth being that ninjas do bounce. And then Arthur, you know, says like, hey, thanks. You saved my life. BM says, I'm going to throw up. End of scene. <laughs> yep. We go back to Destroyo's holding cell. And Captain Liberty is continuing to tell Destroyo about her love life. And Destroyo says, Confound you, woman. Will your prattling never cease? Can't you see? I am working on my defense. Are you so needy? Are you so selfish that you can't live for one second without somebody paying attention to you? And she just says sorry. <laughs> We're then back to Tick's cell with me, and he's talking to his cellmate. And this is really just, to, this scene is to show that this person he's with is just genuinely insane. <laughs> uh, he's got the best lines in this scene. Like, yeah, it just, there were two I wrote down. There is... <laughs> There is no, there's no setup at all. You just see them in their bunks. Snake face me is on top and ticks on the bottom. And with no context, 
Me says, Piggy's strutting around with their wire eyes shooting voodoo at my noodle. What? <laughs> I wrote that one down, but then the next one's even better. The next one is even better. They're talking back and forth. The text says, I hear you. What I don't understand is I stopped a crime, and yet I'm being treated like a criminal. And the tick tells me that he's the only sane person he's met in the midst of all this insanity, to which me responds, I'm a karmic cosmic comet leaving my stoned immaculate crater in the soul of the virgin mother. And then the tick's response is even funnier. He says, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great exchange. Fantastic scene. That's it. That's the scene. <laughs> so we're back to Destroyo Cell, and the whole point of this cell is that CL wakes Destroyo up just to ask if she's needy. <laughs> yep, yep. She wakes him up, and she's like, are you asleep? He's like, yes, wretched woman, yes. And, yeah, she asks, okay, do you really think I'm needy? And then he makes a distinction. Needy? No. What you are is wanty. There's a difference. He lays his head back down. She taps on the glass again. Which is worse? Wanty. Definitely wanty. <laughs> then we go to Arthur's yeah. apartment. <laughs> we see them get a phone call, and Arthur basically has a mental breakdown, you know, thinking that this is the killer. Hello, Sydney. Or one of the assassins trying to call and get in their head. Turns out it's just... Not Arthur, uh, Batman well. Oh, but yeah, Batman Will picks up, thinks it's an assassin trying to mess with their heads, goes off on the person. Then you find out it's Arthur's mom. We hear that there's a knock at the door and then they just open the door and beat the man up immediately who's standing there. Yep. <laughs> and Arthur's beating him with his cane, the man's cane, and Batman Will has a couch pillow. Yep, I noticed that. Uh, they pull him up and realize he's not someone that they should be beating up and uh, help him to the couch. They apologize and ask if he's all right. And he says no and pats his chest and says, but I'll be all right. Yeah. And again, that's we're on to another thing. <laughs> Tick's holding cell. Back with snake face. Yep. Yeah, so they're basically chanting that uh, try, it seems like a riot might be ensuing or something. Uh, Tick pulls on the door, and the door comes off the hinges because, of course, the Tick has super strength, and me escapes. Yep, and Tick yells after him. Hey, we're supposed to stay here! And then that's the last time we see this person. <laughs> yep, that's, that's the end of me's arc. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with anything. So we go to Arthur's apartment where Batman, well, Arthur and the great Stanistoff are. That's who this man they beat up was. Stanistoff explains to Batman, well, and Arthur, he was Destroyo's ballet instructor, but Destroyo couldn't stay away from the pastries. Stanistoff likened him to a beach ball in ballet tights and mm -hmm. told them that the audience taunted him, dance, fat boy, dance. Uh, at which point... Which is pretty cruel. <laughs> it is. It's quite cruel. But let's remember also it was Soviet Russia or the USSR. Stanislav hands Arthur a shoebox and says, here, I brought these for you. But you don't really see anything at that point. And we go back to the courtroom now, finally. Right. And uh, now Arthur's on the stand. 
Destroyo is questioning him. And what's the question Destroyo, the only question Destroyo has for him? The only question he has for him is, If your life were to end, say, today, would you feel it had been a full one? Lawyer says, I object. The judge says, sustained. Destroyo gets up close and menacing and says, I will keep it. Like, as in the question. Yes, he says, and, I will withdraw the question, but I'm keeping it. Right, which is kind of a weird, I get what they're going for, that, like, it stands as, like, a threat. But it also, it was, both times I watched this episode, I was like, that's a, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> it is. Uh, but Arthur's like, no, but I will answer the question. And then he goes off on Destroyo and, you know, making fun of his, like, dance history and then, you know, pulls the shoes out and says, Dance, fat boy, dance! Like, we had found out Destroyo had been taunted with before. Destroyo just then loses his shit. He goes full villain mode, trying to beat up everybody in the courtroom that he can, get to Arthur. And then the tick is just sitting calmly, because the tick is in the audience. He's not up at the table or anything, and... What does he say? It's something like, like, is is the system working now? Yeah. And everyone gets up, shouts, no. And so he leaps over the bar and then go captures Destroyo. So did you mention the, I'm, I'm sorry, did you mention the flashback to him ballet dancing? No, I did not. I kind of forgot that happened. Yeah, so when Arthur tells the story, he starts the whole thing like, there was this old man once, you know, so he makes it sound like it's part of his did you live a full life thing. And he goes on to describe, as you said, his failure at ballet because of being a fat boy. And when Arthur holds out Destroyo's old ballet flats and delivers that last line of dance, fat boy, dance, Destroyo screams and the camera zooms into his red eyes to reveal a red Soviet stage scene where he's dancing as a child with like demented carnival ballet music. Like if you've seen the new it, think of that. But then it zooms. I have not, but I get the vibe. It zooms back out of his eye to him still screaming in the courtroom, which causes a light fixture to explode. He's this dude destroys fucking everything. And yeah, then he chokes Arthur. And like you said, is the system working now? Everyone shouts no. The tick's like, right on, and goes and <laughs> uh, goes to. Like he was ready for this. Yeah, he goes to punch Destroyo. We don't get to see the punch because there's a camera flash, and that's what changes our scene to us seeing picture on the cover of a newspaper that Arthur is reading in the diner booth with the headline Justice exclamation mark yeah and i i was trying to find something of you know any comical value in this last scene but it's basically just explaining that destroyer was found guilty and then the episode ends yeah pretty much you know they try to make some light humor but it's not anything compared to the rest of the right. episode they're basically a ticks looking at the picture and he's like is that what i look like and Arthur's like, you look at me. And Captain Liberty's like, you look taller in person. Like, it, you know, it's just a nothing exchange. <laughs> while Batman well gets checked out by a couple female superheroes and is distracted by checking them out now. Right. As the scene cuts, you can see him stand up and start going after them. And that's it. There is no end credit scene this time. <laughs> I have to go back through my notes. Has it been every other or has it been less... I, regimented than that. I'm not sure. I feel like there have been 
there have been at least three. I felt like it was like a few in a row. I thought like we were doing the thing now and then no. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over the place. Uh, they put a lot in this episode though. Like it, it felt, it yeah. felt like a very full episode. It wasn't like the, uh, the one with the, the bull platypus bulldog where, you know, they had to tie up that storyline in the credits. Right, right, right. But I think I know the answer to this, but did you like it, this episode? Loved this episode. This may be my favorite so far. And I, there were some very strong ones in the early stuff that was rough, but this this was very, very good. I think this might be the first one that I didn't. So I have some thoughts on this episode. This had some of the best, really great one-liners from everybody. The concept was amazing for the episode. The villain was amazing. But I think this needed to either be a two-parter or, like, a movie. There were too many loose ends. Like, the whole thing with me could have been explored more. I was expecting him to come back. And it felt like it kind of rushed real quick at the end. I would have loved to have seen more stuff in the courtroom. It just felt like there wasn't enough time to really explore the space that the episode needed. So, though there were some really funny lines, I just left the episode kind of feeling frustrated. <laughs> That's I, I was not a huge fan of this episode. I, that's fair. I feel like you're wanting more from this show than this show is meant to be, though. No, but there's been episodes that, like, I have absolutely loved. It's just this felt like too big of a swing to take with what they have. Maybe. And I, I agree that it would be fun to know more about me. But, you know, it's a it's a 20 some minute show tops you had like it's a throwaway character that was meant to keep that storyline going well then don't have that storyline going and do more with the other scenes that actually need to be in the episode well then you lose tick because he got put in jail <laughs> i don't know they could have had like one movie kind of like the serenity to firefly after the show is canceled this would have been it this is the perfect tick plot they needed more time write them a letter tell them hey it doesn't matter that you did this other show with amazon prime you need to make this movie from this 2001 version of yes. the Tick for us and i am so excited i don't know if we said in other episodes once this season's done we're gonna have a wrap-up conclusion episode for the whole season talking about it and i have some very strong opinions that i am excited to talk about on this about this show <laughs> looking forward to your strong opinions they're positive, but probably not in the way you would think. I don't know what that means. Good. Keep the mystery alive. And I know I was teasing another intense conversation earlier in this show, and I think I'm going to hold it till then because it needs some time to discuss. <laughs> You're going to let it simmer? You're not going to show me your yeah. pink secrets? Yeah, these are the pink secrets, other than my penis, that are... In this show now, and your brain and your ears. So, oh my God. Then, How many pink secrets do we need? We're going to have to start <laughs> exposing things. Yes, yes. Pink secrets are going to come out in the open, and they'll just be uh, open pinks, which is a whole other thing. I don't know what it is, and I'm not sure I want you to explain. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I loved the individual parts of this episode. I'll say, yeah, uh, Destroyo, like I said earlier, was the best villain we've seen so far. He knocked it out of the park playing this role. It was so well acted. Like, y you could just feel it immediately that, you know, this was a B show. They probably didn't have much of a budget, couldn't get big name actors. I feel like in a show like that, which I love those kinds of shows, but when you suddenly have somebody of 
who can bring that kind of intensity just with their poise just really deepens like that character and that's what he brought it was fantastic I mean, you know, I really liked the episode. Like you said, I loved Kurt Fuller as the villain here. I thought he played that incredibly well. So I know we have gone back and forth on what we're going to call our favorite line of the episode, but at this point, I have no idea. So if you're listening to this, please message us on Facebook or leave it in your review on Apple Podcasts. If you have a good idea for what we can call those, tweet at us. If on what is it? What, what's even the term now? Excess? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, don't like whatever. Right. But let us know what you think we should call our favorite line. Whatever that becomes, Austin, what was yours? And I have a feeling you're going to have a tough time with this one. I'll admit I didn't have one picked out before we started this. And as we were going through and I was reading my notes and looking at the things that I had stuck out, I tried to keep note of what what kind of took me as we went. And so I do, in fact, have one. I did expect it to be more difficult than this. But... It is... That's what the last witness who was killed in broad daylight said. It's that one. How interesting. I would never have guessed that. I would never have guessed that would have been your favorite line. Yeah, that's that's the one. I don't know. My favorite, I think, is... I had, like I said, I put a star in my notes, and only one of them, as I was going through, got two stars. And that's the line when we're at Arthur's apartment, and the tick says... Oh, my head feels like it's... It's gonna have a baby. It's called a headache. It has a name. Yep. And I just thought that was so funny because Arthur's response is like the normal thing to say. But if you're taking like the English logically, Tick's response is hilarious that like, oh my God, him saying that it has a name means it's a real thing, like freaking out. I thought that was really funny. That's a great one. That's a good one. So now that it's no longer on Crackle, I'm trying to find a good you know, overview of the next episode and and Wikipedia has one, but it's quite long, but I can read it if you'd like. So season one, episode eight of The Tick is Arthur Interrupted. At the urging of his friends, Arthur finally comes out as a superhero to his family, revealing his life choice to them. They see him as crazy and immediately attempt an intervention. There's like two more paragraphs, but I don't want to spoil anything. So that is what we get next time. So we kind of get a a superhero coming out story. Into it. I, yep, I like it. I like the reference to the movie Girl Interrupted, which I believe is also a book, but I watch things I don't read nearly as often. And uh, I, it's a great movie, so I'm, I'm here for it. If this episode has proved anything, it is that I am super movie illiterate compared to you because I have not watched that one either. I recommend it. Okay. But is there anything else you wanted to talk about this evening, Austin? Anything pressing in your life you wanted to discuss, let our our listeners know, or do you just want to flush this bath and get all dried off? What is life? What is life? So with that, everybody, we will talk to you in the next episode, and go take a bath. You deserve it. See you next soak.